afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Marty, pastor to the Grace Adventist Centre and Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Churches, right here in Adelaide, and I'm joined by Pastor Gary. Pastor Gary is pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Pastor Gary, welcome to you. Uh, thank you so much, Marty. It uh, is wonderful to be in the studio once again uh, on a on a Tuesday afternoon. It's been quite fresh these last few mornings, hasn't it, here in Adelaide? It has been. That's an understatement. This would have to be the coldest, uh, uh, wettest uh, winter that we've actually had here in... Uh uh, I don't know if that's oh, because boy. you've just arrived or yeah, uh, what probably, that reason probably. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be um, interviewing a special friend, uh, a good friend of mine, um, back on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. We're going to um, chat with, with Andrew in, in just a moment. But before we come to that, I just want to give a quick promo. For those here in Adelaide, you may have seen some flies go around with... Um, called I Discover Revelations Prophecy. This is going to be a series that is going to be kicking off at the University of South Australia this Friday, this Friday, the 21st of July, 7 o'clock. Yeah, um, if you if you're coming, if you're planning to come along, you can just get get some parking in the Wilson parking. It's just uh, about a hundred meters from the venue itself, and uh, if you book online, it's five dollars flat rate, which is pretty good. Um, this Friday, we're going to be looking at a, a, a topic called, Is There Anything You Can Trust? And we want to discover some incredible Bible prophecies that show us exactly where we're living in the stream of time, that show us that we can indeed trust the Bible. So I want to invite you to come along this Friday, 7 o'clock. And Marty, as I understand it, you are actually the uh, the, the speaker of this at uh, this particular uh, series. Yes, I'll be presenting, um, and there'll be a a few, you know, we're going to have some doctors there as well. It's going to be an awesome program, Pastor Gary. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And now, where is it again? It's in the. Uni- it is at the University of South Australia, the West Campus. It's in Building HH3. But if you just drive up Hinley Street. Where West Campus is, you'll see I Discover sign. Someone will be there to welcome you. So, um, seven o'clock. This Friday night at uh, City West Campus for wow, University that, of South Australia. Right, can't wait, can't wait. Hey, I'm um, Andrew. Are you there with us? I'm here. How you going, guys? Hey, Andrew. Hey, it's. Uh, how's the weather your way? Oh, it has been nice. Been cool but dry. But the last two days, we've, we've started to have a bit of rain, which is um, which is good because it's pretty dry out here, eh? So. Well, you yeah. know, we've been looking, I've been looking a little bit and um, seeing, you know, you guys have been enjoying some balmy 29 degrees there in Kempsey and I've been thinking, boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you'll be back. <laughs> oh boy, I tell you what, you know, we um, definitely miss the, the weather, the beaches there. We, um, yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. Hey, so when, and, so, so when did you live there, Marty? I, I was there, so last year, yeah, I, our family, we lived in Kempsey for five years. And so the beginning of this year, we actually shifted from Kempsey, New South Wales, which is near Port Macquarie, and um, we shifted here to Adelaide. We didn't shift because of the weather, though. <laughs> we shifted because we felt that that was God's leading. Hey, and Andrew, what have you been up to today? You've been cutting plenty of people's hair. Yeah, I've been working all day today. 
just been uh, been pretty busy. People in and out the shop all day. So yeah, it's just so, the usual. So how long have you actually been a barber there in Kempsey now? In Kempsey, I've been. Uh, 20 years. This is 20 years in Kempsey now. 20 years? Yeah. So, Andrew, how, how many people in Kempsey do you actually know uh, oh, on a first-name basis? I reckon, oh, oh, I don't know. I've lost count, but I reckon I've seen it all. I've seen, I reckon I've seen it going around, everything go around twice. You know, when you stand in the middle of town all day, you see everything. You see people backwards, forwards, everything that goes on. But you're, yeah. you're in the ideal spot there in the centre of town, you know. Yeah. I remember every whenever I'd pull up at the main traffic lights there in Kempsey, and I'd look to my right, and you know you'd be there cutting someone's hair, and I, I was always worried that I might accidentally crash into somebody as I'm, you know, uh, waving, and you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if that's ever happened to anybody, but um, oh, it's great, Andrew. It's great to have you joining us here on Faith FM, and uh, um, I'm sure the, sure the listeners here today are really interested to hear a bit about your your story and your experience. Uh, thanks for asking me to share. It's a pleasure to share. You know. Hey, so I want to ask you, Andrew. Tell us a bit about your life um, before you committed to God. Before you committed your life to Jesus Christ. Okay. So for myself, I grew up in a house that my, my parents went to church. They started going to church when I was about uh, 13, 14 years old. So um, I knew I knew a bit about the Bible. So I guess I knew I knew about Jesus and I knew about things in the Bible, but I didn't I didn't really I didn't have a relationship with him. So my mm. life my life growing up through my teenage years into like twenty fives and thirties it was it was I guess I was seeking to fill a hole with things of the world, you know, like I'd be, I'd be drinking, I'd be out, I'd party all the time, and I'd be like, um, like nightclubs and whatever, you know, and um, pretty unfulfilling. So it didn't, um, it didn't I, work. It didn't fill the void. Of course, it, no, it didn't fill the void. But I, I thought, I thought knowing, just knowing about God, that was enough. But not, not actually having a relationship with Him. So I was looking in the everywhere, you know, like. If someone, how embarrassing I'll be in the nightclub and someone will say, oh, talk about, you know, you'd say, oh, about church. You go, oh, I know all about this, this, I know about Jesus. And then you, and you weren't even in the right state of mind. So not really, that was how it was, you know, like I had a head knowledge, but not a heart knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I, my, my life wasn't, um, yeah, pretty, un, um, not really, not really fulfilling, was it? So I was trying to fill it with the, yeah. So tell me about how that, I guess how that felt, you know, in your mind was there, did you, were you, were you, did you feel a sense of guilt? Did you feel a sense of a lack of peace? Yeah, I did. I was always, yeah, um, like when, you know, after, after the party was over or whatever it was that was going on that I was doing after it was over, I'd I'd feel empty and I'd feel guilty. And, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'd say I was sorry to God, but. I just seem to do it again and again and again, you know? So, yeah. Andrew, you know, thanks for being so, so honest. You know, I I think that this is an experience that that many of us have had, you know, that you almost get trapped in a cycle, so to speak, where it's like, yeah, Mm. you, you want change, but, but you just do seem to just keep going back to that same old way of life. It just becomes habitual. Yeah. I was att- I was attending church every now and then when I felt really bad, you know, and I'd show up and That's I'd respond to an I'd respond <laughs> go, to an go altar to confession. call. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd respond to an altar call and then I'd get leave out there thinking, Oh, all good 
but then through the week, what was coming out of my mouth and what it didn't, didn't, you know, it wasn't matching up. So, yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's like we need more than just that emotional experience with God, doesn't it? Or, or that yeah. head, head knowledge. It has to be, it has to be a daily experience. So, so, Obviously, God's done something remarkable in your life. What was the turning point for you? Okay. Um, there was a, a gentleman. He's a, his name was Pastor Barry. I don't know, Pastor Barry Satchel. Probably people that are listening will know him. And I, I used to cut Pastor, uh, Pastor Barry's hair. I still do cut his hair. And um, we had a chat one time, and what had happened was I didn't have a TV aerial on me. I was doing some renovations at home, and I didn't have a TV aerial, so I didn't have a TV and he offered me a 380N satellite. And because he knew that we had talked about spiritual things before just briefly, um, he knew I was, you know, like I had some sort of an interest, so he offered it, and I said, yeah, let's stick it on. And um, I'd, um, I'd watched the program on there. So this is like a Christian, match- Christian um, satellite, you know. It was, that's right, and it was an Adventist one. Actually, I didn't know who the man was speaking at the time, but now... Being a, a you know being on church and things like I see him it was, it was actually Doug Bachelor on the um on the screen and he was preaching on the state of the dead mm. and um this, and what had happened was what he was saying and what I'd been taught was uh, um was two different things and it really gave me this uneasy feeling inside like who's telling the truth you know yeah um, this yeah. guy on TV or what I've been taught and through this so actually what it did it, it um I it threw me into a bit of a, a doubting on everything for a little bit, you know? Is this right? Is that right? And I, and at that time, you know, even though my life wasn't matching up, what I, I believe, what I identified with Jesus still, even though my life wasn't as best as I knew how to, um, I prayed a prayer then, you know? I said, you know what? Please, God, if, if I'm wrong, I'm going to leave it up to you to please show me the direction to go. You know, I'm just, I don't know, because I didn't know where to look, really. So I left it at that. That's a powerful and prayer. It, I love that. Yeah, Lord, show me, show me which is the right way to go because I don't know. Oh, Marty, you know what? This, you know, like we, we talk about a daily devotion. We get up in the morning, we read, and we pray for you know that God would would use us in whatever way today. But and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it becomes a routine. But when there's something like deep inside you that yeah. you, it was, I really prayed. And I'm so I'm sorry if I'm wrong. You show me. Yeah. But after another chain of events. Um, it, it took a little while, then the same pastor, and he offered me a Bible study. It was, it was a few years later this happened. It was a whole heap of chain of events that led up to this. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was doing the study, you know, I was just, you know, the, it was a prophecy study. It was a pr- prophecy seminar study, and it was like a fill in the blank. You know, look up the verse, fill in the blank, and then you leave, we leave the book, and then we were supposed to fill in through the week and, you know. So he gave so you we, like we, a, he gave you like a little booklet and you were meant to go through it and fill it out yeah. and look up the texts. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so my wife and I, we, I used to have a Tuesday off work and that was the day we did the Bible study, you know. So Tuesday morning, ah, oh, on the weekend, I'd probably been had a few too many drinks and this and that up too late. Tuesday, I was probably just feeling good. And I'd be, I'd be saying to my wife, her name's Pauline. I'd be going, Pauline, Pastor Barry's coming, you know? Do the, um, we've got to do the, do the, look up the verse. And then we had the phone out, you know? And we're, he show up at the door. Oh, how are you? Come inside, you know? Sitting down. Oh, bless you. I was like that with him, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he he um he would have never known, right? He oh he knew, Eric. He knew, he knew, because as we as we kept doing the study, okay, the more you if you as you as we were doing the study, there should have been a change, you know, but there hadn't been a change yet, you know. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. must have picked up. Anyway, we we're doing a, 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 this is the turning point, one of the turning points in my life. We we're do, we we're studying, um, it was on judgment. We we're studying. And it was talking about at the end how um, God destroys the wicked at the end of the fight. You know, like the the the, the city comes, the, the holy yeah, city comes yeah, to earth. Yeah. And Pastor Barry had said to me, he said, Andrew, the, he said he stopped the study and he said the reason why I'm here today is I'd hate to be on the inside and look out and see you on the outside. And he goes, Andrew, this is why I'm here to share this with you. You know. And it was mm, a, mm. what he said was a turning point. So that, Powerful. when he left that, yeah. And I was looking back at my life over the last few weeks that I was doing the study and for how long beforehand I'd been, there was no change. And I said to my wife, I said, Pauline, how about just through the week, we take that little bit of time to do this study, to spend time doing the study, like, you know, at night time and revising it. Just put the effort in a little bit, you know? Mm. So we made that little commitment and, um, what had happened was I noticed as we started doing that over a few weeks, a month or so, a month or two, my life had, there was those things that, you know, everybody, you know, when you pick up your mobile phone and you Google stuff or you watch stuff on YouTube, so it will sort of throw things back at you that you watch. I was noticing that rubbish wasn't coming in on my, on my phone and, the things that, like, I, I, I didn't want to drink, I didn't want to do the things that I was doing before, it was like I didn't want to do it, where mm, before mm. it was a struggle not to do it. Does that make sense? Does that make yeah. a sense? Like yeah. my, my heart was changing. Yeah. The things that I wanted, I didn't want those things anymore. That's powerful. You know, it reminds me of yeah. a verse where it says, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. When You know, when you start to experience... God's God's goodness when you start to come into that relationship with God instead of it just being the head knowledge or just a feeling that it's a fleeting experience, Marty, it does Marty, it does change us. It's a, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that you can chat that from you go from one person or liking one thing or thinking that you're searching for this thing and then all of a sudden that's not you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's a, it's a miracle. How does that all they use those years you struggle with things and all of a sudden you don't want to do that, you know? You know, it's it is powerful and and I'm so interested that it was actually getting together with someone during the week and actually opening up the Bible and studying it together. And particularly, you mentioned that you particularly were studying the prophecies of the Bible. What what yeah. was significant about studying the prophecies of the Bible for you? Well, it it validated the Bible from any other book or any other religion is what I believe because it was like God saying, okay, there's all this doubt and people were cast out on his word and why, what about if, what about this, what about that and all those things and oh, it's been changed or whatever people say but when you look at how God says something will happen and it happens to the day or the year and it's so precise and pinpoint mm, that mm. it can't be um, made up. It's powerful. It can't be made up. It's yeah. solid, isn't it, Andrew? It's I just want to—I just want to ask you one more question, and um, and that is, you know, 
people coming into the barbershop, you know, maybe yeah. maybe years ago when um, when you were in that situation where, you you know, you kind of had one foot in the church, one one foot, well, you probably had one toe in the church and, and the other yeah. nine were in the world, so to speak. 100%, but, um, yeah. you know, when, when you're in that state compared to now, you know, the people who come into your barbershop, yeah, I'm just thinking they must see a difference in your life. They must see a people, difference. Yeah, people mention it, you know, because I, I used to, you know, when you work in retail, it's like a personality thing, you know, you've got to be able to communicate with everybody in the room and, you know, you've got, you might have 10 people waiting, you've got to talk to each person and it's like a customer relations thing, you know, and my thing was I'd be funny. I'd tell that, you know, I'd be like blah, blah, blah and tell the joke and tell the joke and sometimes the joke was a bit crude and you might get, 50% of the people that would laugh, but I was turning, but some other people, you know, would go, oh, that's not right, that's not right. And then when I changed, I noticed that people go, oh, you don't say this anymore, you don't yeah. talk like that anymore. Or they'll yeah. say, oh, or they'll might be, I don't mind it if someone goes, oh, you go to church now, that's why you don't do this, blah, 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 haha. But that's all right to me. I smile and I go, yep, and I'm proud that. I'm proud of what I believe. I'm, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, people notice that the change in, in you, you know? I think can it's, I say it's, one more thing, Mark? Yeah, of course Sorry, you can. Go for I know it. it's your show, brother. No, no, <laughs> all good, man. This is what we're here for. <laughs> so when people know what you are, there's, there's actually two brothers. One come to church last Sabbath and another one, he's moved to, um, Wagga and he's actually going to the, uh, a church, uh, Seventh day Adventist church in Wagga. But I've known them for a long time and they knew what I was like. And both of these boys are going through some stuff. And it was only about a week ago. They, every time they come in for a haircut, they were always, oh, they'll ask me questions, but sort of half smarter, smarty, smart alecky, you know, and, but still interested. And <laughs> one of them the other day rang up and said, Andrew, my, um, he said, my, my soul feels dirty. That's what he said to me. He goes, my yeah. the things I've been doing, I feel dirty. I feel dirty. And I said, you know what? We had a prayer. We prayed together and we just read, look, I'm not a theologian. Like Marty, your top set Bible study. I enjoyed your Bible study. I just, I did my best of what we all knew. And then he went to church on, um, he went to church a couple of weeks and he's actually doing Bible studies with the, the wow. pastor of the, of the, and I'm not saying it's me, it's all God, but just, you know, it's the change that God made in me and God's that person, you know, he was making, yeah, yeah, he made that, even though he was making fun of me those times, a little bit, you know, jokey around with me. He wasn't being crude when he was making fun, but just stirring me. And now look where he is now. He's got himself yeah, in church, yeah. you know? So, I think it's amazing, yeah. Andrew. And, you know, I can just testify and say, you know, it's just been such a joy, um, to, you know, for, uh, to connect as friends and as brothers and, and, um, uh, you know, every Tuesday night, for those um, for our listeners, every Tuesday night, Andrew um, actually opens up his barbershop there in Kempsey, and they actually have a men's group Bible study. And um, it's amazing how that barbershop has now become a a place where people go to, and they can act- actually hear scripture. They can actually hear. Um, because uh, as as our listeners, as you can probably tell, uh, Andrew doesn't hold much back. And um, when people come into that barbershop and he's, um, you know, they're in the chair, well, they're a captive audience. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, Andrew, we're, we're just so grateful that you're able to take some time out uh, and uh, and share with us this afternoon. Hey, God bless you and your family. And, um, yeah, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to share. I was nervous to talk, actually, so but I'm glad. I, I'm so glad I did it. it. 
thank you. Oh, thank you look, I'm sure nice. our listeners have been really blessed. Hey, and if you're on Faith FM today and you just want to give a shout out to Andrew, send us a text at 04888-80811. If you just want to say some words to say, hey, really appreciate what you shared today, Andrew, or what you shared really touched me, or send us a text today at, at our studio number 04888 Eight oh, sorry, yeah, oh four triple eight, eight oh eight eleven. Send us a text, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be sure to pass that on to to Andrew for you. Hey, God bless you, Andrew, and you take Thank care, you, brother. You too, brother. Thank you, Gary. Have a good night, guys. Bye bye. Thank you so much. Thanks, bye. Andrew. Hey, what a blessing to hear from Andrew. Hey, Pastor Gary, that's wonderful. Ah, uh, look, that was uh, that was r- an incredible blessing. A, a fantastic, really appreciated that feedback. You know, I'm just so conscious there are so many uh, people who can say exactly the same thing as what Andrew said. Yeah. You know, when yeah. when I come to Jesus Christ, my my life has been changed for the yeah, better. That's right. You know, and it was really, it really was the study of God's word and prophecy that was a significant turning point yeah. in Andrew's life. He'd been going to church for years, but no change. Just stuck in this cycle just didn't really know Christ through his word and and um, just before we go to our break uh, just before we do that I just want to let people know today our listeners know we do have a free giveaway it is called the Antichrist identified it's a book by Steve Wahlberg we're going to start looking we're actually looking at prophecy and the rise of Antichrist in our Bible study this week now if you would like a free copy of the Antichrist identified this book that is a prophetic book it goes through the prophecies of scripture and actually unmasks who the Antichrist power is if you'd like to have a free copy of this book Send us the code, text us the code, SA127. Text that code, SA127, to 04888808811, and we will get you your free copy of Steve Wahlberg's The Antichrist Identified. One more time, that code is SA127. SA127. One two seven. Text that code to o four triple eight eight o eight eleven, and we'll get you your free copy of Steve Wahlberg's The Antichrist Revealed. We're going to come to some music, and then we'll be straight back. God bless. I'm finding myself.
Faith FM Drive Time. This is a big Q&A with Pastor Marty and Pastor Gary. Today we are asking the question, who is the dreadful beast? We're actually studying the riot, prophecy and the rise of the Antichrist. And and um, and Pastor Gary, let's dive straight into it. What does the Bible tell us about this uh, this beast power? Which Where are we going in our Bibles today? Yeah, yeah. Look, look Marty, this is one of those subjects... That um, if you go onto the internet and you type in this thing called Antichrist, what you what you get is a plethora of responses. Uh, you know, the thing I'm just so conscious of, however, is that some of them are not very biblical. And what I'm just wanting to do, what we're wanting to do this week, is to dig into this subject and just simply say, what does prophecy have to say about uh, this uh, this particular uh, subject? Now, uh, of course, uh, one of the uh, one of the really uh, significant questions that we do need to start with is why bother studying this subject you know I, I well remember uh, she was actually a lady who was a member of one of my churches uh, I was running a Bible study series that was considering Bible prophecy I had I just asked her in fact I was at the door I just preached a sermon and uh, I asked her if she was going to come and join us uh, to uh, at our uh, at our Bible study series because I find one of the best places for promoting what's actually coming up is when I'm standing shaking hands at the at the door with people her response to me on that occasion was actually really telling she said uh, pastor I'm a simple Christian I'm happy to let Christ save me and not worry about all the scary stuff. Prophecy scares me. Now, you know, when she said that to me, it was as though a a bolt of lightning actually hit me because I realized that if this was true for this, uh, for this lady, in all probability, it was uh, true for many people 
in their uh, Christian experience. So, um, you know, at, at that point, I started to add in just something a little bit additional to my, uh, to my prophecy series. And I started always by dealing with this question, uh, is, is it, in, does it matter if I share or not share about biblical prophecy. Uh, you know, as I get into the Word of God, one of the things that really inspires me uh, is some of the, uh, some of the counsel we are provided in the New Testament by the apostles. You know, I, I think of, um, uh, you know, the great uh, apostle Peter. Now, of course, Peter had his times where he, you know, he struggled with his own, own faith. Uh, but, you know, in his letter at the very end, he, he says this, We have a prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. You know, we've just been hearing from, uh, from Andrew. And the thing that to me is just so abundantly evident is that, uh, through the study of biblical prophecy, if you like, the morning star has arisen in his heart. There has been mm. confirmation of the word of God uh, within his own heart. And you know, to me, Marty, that is something that's, uh, incredibly, uh, Incredibly powerful and important in the life of uh, of each of us. We need to have. Uh, I suggest it's when we see that that faith is established on something solid that faith is not easily shaken. Absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, to, to me, as I look at this, I, I just simply say, I, and I actually responded to, to that lady, yes, you know, it, it's good to have a simple faith, but you know, it's also important to have an informed faith. I would agree 100%. I agree. And I, I also think that, um, you know, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. So there is... Part of a relationship with God actually involves us going deep into his word, not just sort of skimming the surface. And that's what I love about prophecy. You know, it, I had the say, it say I had the, you know, it, it really strengthened my personal walk with the Lord when I started to see that, um, that this wasn't just fairy tales. This wasn't just, yeah, somebody's opinion. This was actual fact and it was something solid. That I could depend on. And that to me is the exciting thing about biblical prophecy. And, you know, is it really that important? Well, you know, you know, to me, sometimes I've actually said to people, look, you know, if in fact I had knowledge that, you know, my, my building was going to be uh, destroyed by an earthquake in the, in the very near future, and I didn't share that with somebody, uh, would, uh, would you hold me accountable? And uh, their response on each occasion was, of course, we would hold you accountable because you knew something that you fail to fail to share do you know one of the things that I as, as again you know I go to the um, to the gospels you know I love Matthew 24 because in Matthew 24 you get Christ being asked these types of questions by his disciples you know he's they ask him questions about what's going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the age you know in many ways some people would say hey that's a frightening question but in reality while it uh, might have elements of fear connected to it Christ didn't push the disciples away but rather he confronted that question 
head on. And, mm. and he, he, he mm. simply said, guys, I want you to be aware. I want you to have the knowledge to be able to deal with situations as they arise mm. in our world. Mm. I think, yeah, uh, Pastor Gary, I think one of the, one of the ways that I suppose we can attempt to deal with the, um, you know, the challenges of life is we can sometimes actually find ourselves doing what we can to distract ourselves or to avoid thinking about certain subjects like the end of the world, like, you know, these types of things. And yet, um, I suppose, you know, that, uh, you know, that doesn't necessarily give us much confidence because at the end of the day, things are going to happen in our world. And I, I think I noticed like when COVID-19 hit, a lot of people went into panic mode. Indeed. But I think when you know prophecy and you actually know what's around the corner because you know what God has said, when those kinds of things happen, you don't actually go into panic mode. It doesn't because you can actually look and you can say, ha, ah, I can see where this fits into the big yes. picture. You know, and when I can fit it into the big picture, things start to make sense. You mm. know, when these things come along in an isolated manner, uh, where they're very much one off, uh, it's at that point uh, that I start to, to fear. But when I can say, hey, there's a big picture, I can see how this thing fits into the picture. At mm. that point, mm. things start to make sense. Sense, and I can mm. see that we're actually moving in a direction. Do you know, for me, prophecy is not a frightening thing. Uh, to me, prophecy is an incredibly affirming thing because I can have confidence in the Word of God. I know that history is going somewhere. I yeah. know that I've got yeah. somebody who's actually holding me in their hands. Yeah. You know, there's a, let me just share quickly, Pastor Gary, there was an experiment where people were, um, given a, a series of electric shocks, uh, 17 electric shocks, fairly strong ones too. And they had two groups. One group had 17 fairly strong electric shocks. Mm -hmm. The second group also had 17 shocks, but 14 of them were very mild and three of them were very strong. Mm -hmm. The thing is, they didn't know when they were going to get the strong shocks. Okay. And which group actually had higher anxiety out of the two? It was actually the second group, even though they got, technically, they got less strong shocks than the first group, they were anxious because they didn't know when those shocks were going to come. And it's the anxiety, it's the uncertainty of the unknown that, 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 that produces fear in our hearts. And prophecy actually is a strong antidote to that because it actually shows you what's around the corner in, in the big picture and the big scheme of things. Exactly. You know, to me, I think this is just so important that we understand these, you know, this reality, this importance. But, you know, uh, one of the parts of prophecy that frighten many people are the beasts. Now, of course, yesterday we started moving into the beasts. We're going to move into them uh, again, again today. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's when I, I realize that they actually provide me with an understanding of the direction of 
this world that things started to make an incredible amount of success to me. Uh, do you know, when I actually, many years ago, I had the, the very real privilege of doing a, a study tour in Europe. Uh, and uh, we actually followed in the uh, footsteps of the uh, Protestant Reformation. And uh, I regard this as being one of the highlights yeah. of, uh, of my own, my own ministry. I loved uh, being able to do this. Uh, now, one of the things that really stood out to me was that these Protestant reformers were amazing exponents of biblical prophecy. They knew prophecy. Um, in fact, uh, there was um, uh, there was uh, one fellow, uh, um, John Knox. Now, uh, this guy, of course, now, now John Knox, of course, is the father of the Presbyterian Church. The Presbyterian Church has now joined into the Uniting Church, but he's the father of the Presbyterian Church, and of course, he uh, commenced uh, his ministry and worked most of his life up in uh, up in Scotland. But what a lot of people don't realise is that his very first public uh, sermon uh, was on prophecy. In fact, do you know what chapter of prophecy his very first public sermon was on? I'm going to guess Daniel 7, Pastor Gary. Daniel 7, but it is a, I, there's not many people that can actually get it. <laughs> Daniel 7 was John Knox's first public uh, mm. sermon. And look, uh, one of the things that um, uh, in the in the commentary that records uh, John Knox's experience, this is how how it begins. In the beginning of his sermon, he showed the great love of God towards his church, whom it pleases to forewarn of dangers to come so many years before they actually come to pass. Mm. In other words, he starts his sermon talking about Daniel 7, but says how good is God because he's forewarned the church of things which are going to come come to uh, pass uh, in the life of the church. You know, when I, I read that, I sort of thought, hey, that's a beautiful perspective. What mm, a wonderful... Mm. When John Knox uh, preached on Daniel 7, he was actually a comparatively young man. In fact, at that time, he was only barely out of his teens. Uh, he was a young, young man, yet he had a depth of understanding of this particular prophecy that gave him confidence that he could look at the church and say, how good is God because of what... He's given uh, to to the church in the scriptures. Uh, I I loved uh, I loved that. I I thought, wow, that's beautiful. But look, what I'd like to do, if I can, and I'm just uh, going to go to conscious of my my time. Look, what I'd like to do is to come to that very first uh, sermon that uh, uh, John Knox actually preached. Now, it, you know, it, it, we covered some of this yesterday, and I'm going to move very quickly over that particular portion that we covered yesterday, but then I'm going to go to the part that uh, a lot of people are really scared about, and we're going to dig into that just uh, uh, just a little bit. But uh, let me read, uh, uh, it's it's actually Daniel chapter 7 and verse uh, 1, to 1 to 8, and this is what the story uh, actually, this is what the scriptures record. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and the visions of his head while he was on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. 
and four beasts, uh, and four beasts uh, came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion. It had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like the feet of a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, it was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and they said, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird, and the beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And after that, in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring. It was breaking in pieces. It was trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it. It had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up amongst them, before whom the three, the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there was this horn, were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Now, you know, there are so many people that have sort of read that and they sort of say, what is going on here? I mean, it's, it's talking almost like gobbledygook. Uh, and yet, you know, one of the beautiful things about the Word of God is that what I have found is that Scripture is its own interpreter. Mm. You know, this to me, I think it's a beaut. You know, allow the scriptures to interpret themselves, yeah. and even passages like this can become amazingly clear uh, to mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. Uh, because the scriptures will inter. You know, that's one of the great principles of understanding the Word of God. Mm. Uh, we've got to dig into uh, what the uh, uh, what the Scriptures say. So, you know, I mean, how are we to interpret this? Well, uh, firstly, let, let's go right back to the very beginning and let's just have a uh, have a look at this uh, this passage. Uh, Daniel spoke, I saw my, by night and behold four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. Now, you know, uh, the, the great sea, now that that is actually symbolic. We're dealing with prophecy. Do you know one of the passages that I love is that uh, is found in the book of Revelation. Now, of course, people say, "Well, what's Revelation got to do with Daniel?" Well, Revelation actually has a fair bit to do with Daniel because uh, what what we find John's Bible, of course, was the Old Testament. He was a student of prophecy. He understood prophecy. In the Old Testament, you see, when John is having his morning devotionals, what's he reading? Well, he's reading from the the scrolls. He's reading from the what we would call the Old Testament, and what that means is that there were often many uh, many linkages between what he's writing in the New Testament and what he's writing in the Old Testament. He sees things in his own visions, which he can reflect on in the Old Testament. And you know, one of the things I, I love is that uh, the uh, the Apostle John actually talks about the waters or the sea representing peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. 
Now, to me, I think that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful understanding. So let's just have a, let's put insert that into this text. Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night and behold, four winds, the winds of heaven, the winds of strife were, sur- were stirring up peoples, multitudes, nations and tongues. You start to see how here we've got prophecy starts to become alive. But you know, and, uh, and then uh, verse three says, and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. Well, I mean, a beast. I mean, goodness me, these are horrible looking beasts, but what's a beast? Well, look, you know, the thing I love is that again, prophecy interprets prophecy. Scripture interprets itself. I love it. And, you know, if I go down to, uh, Daniel chapter seven and verse, uh, verse 17, and, uh, uh, and what you find are, uh, is the interpretation. In fact, there's a bold heading in my, uh, uh, Bible here just before verse 15, Daniel's visions interpreted. Because you see, what you find is that an angel is actually sent with a decree to, I want you to interpret for Daniel what these things are. And so, um, uh, this is, uh, this is how, how the interpretation is read. Uh, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, in my body, and the visions of my head, they troubled me. Do you know, have you been worried about, uh, prophecy? Well, yeah, many people say they really troubled me. They, you know, Daniel, when he saw his vision, was troubled. That's a perfectly human reaction. Love, uh, love what's actually coming next there. I came near to one of those who stood by, and it turns out to be an angelic figure, and I asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Here it is. It's saying, hey, I'm going to interpret these things for you. And uh, those great beasts which are four are four kings or four kingdoms that will arise out of the earth. Hey, this isn't rocket science. You know, four beasts, what are they? We know what they are because we've just been told what they are. The four beasts are four kingdoms that are going to arise out of the earth. Now, we already know back in Daniel chapter 2 that there were four successive kingdoms before a broken up kingdom. Here we get four beasts all in a row again and the prophecy is interpreted by the angel to simply say, hey, this is... This is four kings that are going to come out of the uh, uh, out of the earth, Pastor Gary. This is this is thrilling, and uh, it's amazing to see how Bible prophecy is coming alive when we allow the Bible to interpret itself. We're going to come to some music, and then we're going to be straight back back into Daniel chapter seven. When peace like a
And welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Marty and Pastor Gary. And today we have been looking at a prophecy in the book of Daniel chapter 7. So, Pastor Gary, we're... um. Yeah, we've got a little bit of time left. Let's uh, yeah, let's dive straight back into it, and um, excited to see how this prophecy is going to continue to unfold. Yeah, look, Marty, thank you so much for that. You know, it's so good that we've got. We're going to be spending both today and tomorrow on this particular prophecy, so we won't actually cover it all today. Uh, but we will dig into uh, the key elements today, and certainly again uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, I, I love this particular prophecy, and of course, you know the B. You know, the beast we've already we just noticed a beast equals a kingdom. That's what the interpretation actually says. This is not rocket science. Interpretation is not is not not difficult. But then sometimes people have, have said to me when I've been running a, a prophecy seminar, look, Pastor, why these funny beasts? You know, you've got a uh, you know you have a lion with wings. You've got a bear raised up on one side. You've got a leopard that's got uh, four wings like a bird, and then you've got this horrible uh, beast that is almost a nondescript beast and look why why is why does scripture do that well you know just as nations today uh, Marty uh, are represented by animals so it was anciently you know uh, today the eagle represents who I'm going to say America. America. You've yeah, got it. Yeah. America. Sorry. The eagle represents America. <laughs> it's bad news when they catch you off guard like yeah. that like that. The boxing kangaroo Boxing kangaroo is that a, is that uh, is that Springboks? <laughs> no, that's Australia. <laughs> of course, the fluffy kiwi. What's that? Yeah, New Zealand. The New Zealand. I didn't know it was a boxing kangaroo. I always You've just never it was seen a the kangaroo no, and an emu a, and there you know, is a boxing kangaroo. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, you've got the bears. Got Russia. You look, Russia. We, we do exactly the same thing today. In fact, you know, the really interesting thing is if uh, if you go over to the Pergamon Museum, which is in uh, old East Germany, now in Berlin, and uh, and you look at the uh, Ishtar Gate, which was the big gate that went into the um, into into Babylon. What you get is pictures of uh, lions in ceramic uh, form on those gates. Uh, the pictures, uh, what uh, Daniel is presenting here is simply using the same methodology that we that we use uh, we use today. Uh, you know, we've got here animals. The animals represent kingdoms. The first kingdom, of course, is the kingdom of Babylon. The second one is the one that replaces Babylon. Medo-Persia. The third, the one that replaces Medo-Persia, is Greece. Now, of course, the thing I love, and I think Scripture is so fantastic here, is that there's actually in Daniel three streams, or actually four stream, major streams of prophecy. And each one of them give, provides more detail. Do you know, you actually get the in the third stream, which is actually in the next chapter, you get uh, these uh, these kingdoms actually named. I I love this. Uh, mm. uh, you know, if I look at uh, Daniel eight and uh, and verse twenty, the ram that you you saw having two horns. These are the kings of Media and Persia. The male goat is the kingdom of Greece, and the large horn between its eyes is the first king. Who is the first king of Greece? Well, history tells us it was Alexander the Great. Uh, do you know? I I love this because we actually find in, uh, if you look at the historian Josephus, Josephus records how when Alex- 
Alexander the Great was riding his horse going through the Middle East. He came to Jerusalem. He'd been destroying city after city after city. He gets to Jerusalem and the nation and Israel just opens the gates and says, please come and take the, the city. He couldn't understand what was going on. Josephus tells us what was going on. The priests went out to him and showed him the, the scroll of the prophet Daniel. And the scroll of the prophet Daniel declared that he uh, was the one uh, who was going to be a world ruler that was going to replace Persia and that he was mentioned in the ancient Jewish scrolls. And when he saw that, he chose not to destroy Jerusalem at that time. Do you know, prophecy, yeah. when I realize yeah. what's going on here, a shiver goes up my back because to me I can say, hey, this is something that I can trust. Uh, this is something powerful. Mm. You know, this this prophecy, Marty, to me, is not all that difficult. We've got four beasts. We've got uh, four beasts. They represent four kingdoms. Uh, the first kingdom, Babylon. The second one, Persia. The third one, Greece. The fourth one, I wonder what it would represent. Well, obviously, the, the, the kingdom that replaced Greece is actually the kingdom of Rome. Let's read the description again of the kingdom of Rome. And of course, this is a, um, this is a powerful description. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. And of course, now we know exactly where we're at. Uh, we're dealing with the kingdom of Rome. Dreadful and terrible was this beast, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring. It was breaking in pieces. It was trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts who were before. It had ten horns. It was considering, the, as I was considering the horns, there was another horn, a little one coming up from amongst them. And three of these horns were plucked out by the roots, and in the horn were the eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Now, of course, Daniel, he didn't understand it. He was frightened. What did God do? God our wonderful God sent an angel. And what you find is that the angel starts to interpret what's actually going on. You see, in verse 19 of the same chapter, we find Daniel says this, Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast. See, his attention is being directed to the fourth beast, which was different to all the others, exceedingly dreadful. And the ten horns, I wanted to know what was going on here. And uh, then the angel opens the door and tells him and reveals to him in a perfect, in a, to a perfect understanding uh, what is actually occurring. But that's something I'd like to deal with tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're really looking forward to that, Pastor Gary. And, and hey, I'm looking forward to it as well. We'll be back, both Pastor Gary and I will be back tomorrow uh, for Faith FM Drive Time as we continue to look at Daniel chapter 7, as we continue to unfold the meaning of the fourth beast and in particular perhaps even start to look at the little horn power that emerges we'll be doing that. out of this uh, this fourth beast. And so this is one that John Knox would have preached very strong on uh, Pastor Gary. Well, do you know what the conclusion of his sermon was? The people said uh, there have been people sent to the stake because of what he said today. He said it, um, he said it uh, more straight 
than any others. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to him? That's the way it climaxed. Wow. So this is a significant message. So I want to invite uh, our listeners to come come again, join us again tomorrow on Faith FM Drive Time. Um, And uh, in the meantime, I just want to encourage you with this wonderful, wonderful promise from the Word of God where God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. God has a plan and a future for our lives. May God bless you as you continue to come to know this wonderful God is, is certainly our prayer for you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.